from the hosts that brought you to Coding Westworld and Westworld the Recapables comes the Ringer Prestige TV podcast on Westworld. I'm Joanna Robinson. I'm Danny Heifetz. And I'm David Shoemaker. Welcome to Westworld Season 4 in the Prestige TV podcast feed, where we're going to break down every episode of Westworld Season 4. Every Monday, the day after the show comes out on the Prestige TV podcast feed. Wherever you get your podcasts, but get them on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by eBay Authenticity Guarantee. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem. Sneakers and streetwear are so fresh, every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts, real people who love this stuff, with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue checkmark that says Authenticity Guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX is Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Welcome to Tea Time. This is a weekly pop culture podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network. I'm Liz Kelly. I'm Kate Howell. And I'm Amelia Wedemeyer. And today we're checking in with chaotic relationship news, showgirls from 1995, and going out clothes. Yeah. So we are recording this on Friday, June 24th. And this morning, the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade. So we are still going to record an episode. We're going to distract you for about an hour. But before we get into the show, we wanted to share some resources um, if any of those listening need it. I'm going to hand it to Amelia. Um, yeah, so we found some places, one of the places, and we'll also share this on social, but... You can donate to abortionfunds.org, which is obviously a very simple uh, little type in there. And they split up between, I think it's like a hundred different places. So your money goes to a lot of different resources. Um, You can also find abortion resources at abortionfinder.org, of course, plannedparenthood.org, and uh, as well as usow.org backslash repro. And um, actually, Michelle Obama shared those places. So shout out to Michelle. And you know what? You can also contact your elected officials. I think that is something that I know I take for granted, but um, is something you can do. Obviously, if you are a citizen of the United States, it's very important. And then also there, I think there's going to be a plain English episode on this subject. Yeah, uh, I think, you know, a big part of it is just like educating yourself and finding out what we can do and like what our options are and will be and will become. So just in terms of like the Ringer Podcast Network, obviously we are here to make you not think about it. But if you want to think about it, plain English is 
uh, rerunning a couple episodes that they've done on the future of Roe v. Wade, what this looks like for us. They also did a really good one on the history of abortion in America that I think is really informative and helpful. Mm -hmm. Um, And then they'll have more coverage on that next week. So, you know, pick your poison if you want to think about it. Great. You should. We all, it's hard not to. If you don't Mm -hmm. want to, we have an hour of very silly content for you right now. (laughs) Exactly. Well said. Okay. Shall we? Let's do it. Let's try to have some fun. Okay. Tea Time is checking in with relationship news. Okay. I'm starting. And this is great. This is a very happy one to start out (laughs) with. This is. This is a good one. You guys, good news. Bill and I got married. Our favorite man. I've been seeing him kind of everywhere. He's been around social media. He's had a renaissance. He really has. Yeah. But thank you to people.com who wrote, Bill Nye has found the woman he'll have chemistry with for the rest of his life. Yeah. Oh, Thank you, people. <laughs> um, he married a journalist and author named Liza Mundy, and they got married in the Smithsonian Institute in D.C. So yeah. fancy stuff. They look great. Bill Nye's 66, looking good. Liza uh-huh. Mundy's 61, also looking great. Age so, appropriate. We love to see it. We That's love great. to see it. I, I love when um, women don't change their names. I'm like pro keeping your own name. However, Liza Nye, the science wife, like I just think <laughs> it's right there, you know? Liza Nye sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. So just, just workshop it, you know? Yeah. Consider it. Yeah. Not a lot of details. Apparently the children on both sides have approved this marriage. Just good. Nice news to start yeah. this love episode. Bill. Next, guys, sad for some. I think Kendall Jenner and Devin Booker are over. After like two years, which is wild because we just saw them in Italy for Courtney and Travis's wedding. And they were as public as they get. You know, they were walking around hand in hand. So I'm surprised that so shortly after they've split. But apparently, you know, who knows with these sources, but they're kind of on, kind of off. Like they've split in the past. But Mm. yes, apparently, according to some source, who knows who, (laughs) they've been in touch since and do care about one another. So we'll see. But um, yeah, it has been confirmed. Thank Thank God. God. Thank God. Were you guys into, I mean, I know we're like out on Kendall and Jenner, but like in Jenner, in general. um, Oh, in general. I was just a Freudian slip. Freudian slip. (laughs) Um, But like, was this, I mean, I know she's dated a ton of basketball players. I don't, they all run together for me. Were we like pro Devin Booker? Yeah, Devin Booker's like a great athlete and a solid relationship. I don't know. I mean, yeah. Cute, I think. Yeah. I'm just curious like if we were sad about this or not. Great um, interior design. um, Or hires great interior design people. You should see his house. I think it was an architectural digest. Really cool. Um, Anyway, we'll see. Hmm. I mean, maybe they'll be back together. Who knows? We'll keep you posted. Yeah. Okay. All right. Next one. This will be really quick because... Man, you know how we love to scour a Daily Mail or a Just Jared right before we record. And let me tell you, I I stumbled upon one of the craziest. Um, I think Kate, you called it one of the most one insane of the more deranged articles I've ever read. <laughs> I've ever read. And. It pertains to Jocelyn Wildenstein, a.k.a. the Catwoman. If you don't know who she is, just Google her and you probably do know who she is. Yeah. She is a woman who is famous for looking like a feline, as in she has like, you know, the cat eye trend. Well, she's had it for 20 plus years before it was popular. Right. And she also has fillers in her cheeks and lips to make her look like a literal cat. Honestly, if you superimposed an image of her and a lion, it would line up pretty um, accurately. Uh, But anyway, she has denied that she's ever had work done, which is a lie. 
but whatever. That's Indeed. where we are. <laughs> wow. And uh, Jocelyn, who's 82, recently posted photos of her and fiance on her Instagram that are so heavily filtered. It is borderline offensive that she thinks that we're all dumb enough to believe it's real. It's um, wild. It looks like a painting. What? Almost. It looks like a painting. It looks like you remember those airbrushed mannequin heads that yes. look kind of like Linda Evangelista and they used to have them in Macy's all all the time like yes. in the late 90s. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. It's like she photoshopped that onto her body. It's Honestly, it reminded me these photos, which I'll post, but uh, they literally look like it's this is from like a scene from a movie where the joke is that it's some delusional person using Photoshop to such a fake degree that it's comical. And it is just (laughs) insane. And not only that, not only did we see these crazy photos, but Daily Mail was also kind enough to include um some little tidbits on their relationship. I'm so happy you're bringing this up. I'm in shock this reading where this article. This got really weird. Okay, good. Good, yeah. good. Like, um, I think one my favorite line was, uh, I guess there was maybe a domestic dispute and uh, Daily Mail's quoted as saying, uh, quote, they insisted they injured themselves having passionate sex after a dish of beef borgenon exploded. <laughs> Is that I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. Also, the incident they're talking about it happened in 2018 because she slashed allegedly slashed allegedly. this boyfriend's chest with a pair Again, of scissors. And like, wait, right. let's review. How old is she? Okay. She's, She's 82. 82. <laughs> How passionate can the sex be at 82? Hey, I'm sorry. Hey, hey. <laughs> I it's and they're like oh. all yeah, they're like all these weird details where like they've had these domestic disputes, like weirdly like psychosexual domestic disputes where people have shown up or called yeah. the police because of noises or something. Noises. And then they've both been like, oh, nothing happened. It was the beef bourguignon. Like bourguignon, <laughs> thank you. It exploded. And I don't know about you, but after beef bourguignon explodes, <laughs> I do want to have passionate at, sex. At 82. At 82. Yeah. I exactly. mean, there were so many layers to this. Exactly. Like, the fact that the aside. first layer was just the photos and then we dug deeper and found yeah. this was worth it. Yeah, They buried truly. it there, but I appreciate that. Wild Wowza. Stuff. Okay. Yeah. Next uh, one, Kate. All right. The final relationship news. I just think this is weird. I was like really digging uh, as we do for something to post here. And uh, Taylor Swift and Joe Alwyn uh, got paparazzi it doesn't happen to them very often, but they were smooching in the ocean in the Bahamas. And I was like, okay, that's a, something I can toss in there. However, much more interesting. turns out that they are staying in Lenny Kravitz's Airstream trailer in the Bahamas. Huh. First of all, what's the connection between them and Lenny Kravitz? I don't know. Is it on I Airbnb? I tried to find it. <laughs> like rich person Airbnb, like yeah, Raya, soon. but for Airbnb. Because doesn't like Aaron Paul do that or something? I, I, like. I don't know. It seems like he might like let people, use, I mean, apparently he does, but they are staying in like this literal trailer. It's a nice trailer, but like it's definitely sure. a trailer. They mm-hmm. uh, did a spread on it in Men's Health mm. and you can see there's like a kitchen and a dining room and like some kind of what? tacky... Like kind of a dining room, like a little well, table, chair, yeah, sort of, yeah, uh, and like a chair. full bedroom. <laughs> but then, like from the outside, I'm like, that's a normal trailer. So I don't know where all this stuff mm. is going. But he also has like a garden where he grows oh. his own food, like behind it, apparently, like on this island. That's kind of uh, nice. So yeah, it, just, it seems great. But also, like Taylor Swift, like how did you get this connection? You know what? Like, also, is like you know you're so rich when they've spent 
like all like they've almost had too many lavish vacations that this is like the refreshing right jolt rough, that they needed was it, you know fucking, yeah they're glamping uh, yeah and Lenny Kravitz's funny. trailer I know like they're normal people the regular yeah. folk do well, just yeah. like us mm-hmm. <laughs> okay let's do next category it's not worth the tea relationship news and this week in social media Amelia yes okay so Justin Timberlake who you know God I feel like we have gone through just a crazy relationship with Justin Timberlake, mm. you know, just as a person, as an actor, as a performer, as an entertainer. Um, Justin Timberlake, he was performing at something in the water music festival in DC this past weekend. And he did a little, his little rendition of sexy back. And he, listen, he's a better dancer than I will ever be. And he's also a better dancer than the majority of population. So I yes. feel a it's bad okay. You can make this. fun of him. You can yes. do it. It's okay. Right. But at the same time, it's like, you're famous for being a good dancer. So maybe get it together. And he did this little step dance in khakis. (laughs) And I mean, this is literally the same step movement that I did in a gym class like a week ago. He was doing like this little like, I I can't even explain it that he was just like putting his little feet out. And he was doing like a little shuffle. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, a little shuffle. And everyone just, they roasted him for it. They were like, what are you doing? You're giving us Mr. Schuster from Glee. (laughs) This is so embarrassing for you. And he he was actually a good sport about it um, because he took to Instagram stories. Yeah. And apologized like jokingly. And he was like, DC, I want to apologize to you for two reasons. And then he showed his feet and I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. I have to say, I think the more, I think, I don't think it would have blown up in the way it did if he wasn't wearing what he was wearing. Oh, that's true. It's like, a point. Peak, it's like a peak dad fit. Like he's got the that's short true. sleeve button down, that's the true. oversized short sleeve printed button oh. down, and then like the khakis. The khakis. And he's in, I just saw another picture of him on a red carpet with Jessica Biel, where he's in like this phase of like oversized clothes. And there's a picture of him on this red carpet from I think like yesterday or the day before, where he has mm-hmm. these huge like black oversized trousers on, belted with like this printed shirt. <laughs> and somebody was like, he is feeling himself so hard. And like he has no idea how stupid. He looks. You like, know what else? What something helps? about his phase right now is not working. He needs to yeah. bring back backup dancers. The problem also yeah. is yes. that he is alone on the stage and everyone is staring at him. Yeah. Backup dancers can do a lot. We've seen it with many other performers Remember? that aren't right. gifted yeah. in dancing. I obviously like we are anti-Justin as a yes. society lately. However, yeah. remember his like Justin Timberlake in the Tennessee kids phase where like he had that band with him the whole time and he was like doing the oh, can't say yeah. that I, I just think he should bring that back he yeah. should bring that back that was because it was like pre-man of the woods that was where it all <laughs> yeah. went downhill wow. frankly that's true that's musically true. Well, and aesthetically for sure uh but that, yeah that's a gr- you know what that's a great point, Liz. I totally also agree. Like, I feel as if backup dancers would make it harder for people to meme. Because, you know, of course, they took his singular performance yeah, and they exactly. did. They added the shuffle noises where that's like, oh, oh, no. oh, oh, oh. That's it's hard funny to come back time. from that. That's it's funny. hard. It's really hard to come back from that. that and is it funny. wouldn't work if there were more people in the background. No, to offset it. Right. Yeah. That's really no. tough. Yeah. That's oh, tough. God. All right. Well, All right, next yeah. one. I guess speaking of outfits, Greta Gerwig, we did not talk about this last week. Greta Gerwig is filming the Barbie movie. Again, this movie is like a year away. It's like summer, late summer, 2023. However, anticipation is high because we are seeing behind the scenes pictures. Last week, we got a picture of Ryan Gosling as Ken. 
people were like tweeting it at us. I was like, I don't really know how to talk about this on the podcast. We like didn't really put it in. You kind of have to see it for yourself. <laughs> mm-hmm. But this week, there are more pictures of Greta behind the scenes of Barbie with Margot Robbie and Ryan Gosling. They're in full Barbie outfits. It's going to be great, you guys. This is cinema at its finest. However, uh, I found out something about Greta Gerwig that I didn't know, which is that she has this thing where she, when she's directing a movie, I'm sure this is not how she dresses all the time, but at least at some point, she like dresses like the movie that she's like somebody who's like, she's LARPing, like live action role playing her own movie, <laughs> like, like doing cosplay. So like somebody tweeted this picture and on the set of Little Women, she's wearing like these boots and like this full coat and like a scarf, like very like, you know, of the moment, colonial era, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And then she's backstage at Lady Bird filming the prom scene in a prom dress, which I do remember seeing, but never really made the connection. Mm-hmm. And then on the set of Barbie, she's wearing this really cute pink jumpsuit and pink headphones and like a little pink mic pack for her director. I was like, you guys, why don't all directors do this? Yeah, I think cool. you all should have to dress like with the vibe of your yeah. movie. I think it should be required for Great. everyone. <laughs> yeah, uh, I agree. And it just seems like she's having a great time. You know, it's like really, she's really committed. And it does. for her. It's fun. It's a fun little trend that I think yeah. Christopher Nolan should consider. <laughs> yeah. Agreed. So. Um, also on social media, I found this first on TikTok, but I think it's made its way to Twitter, which is, and I found this, I think, in the dead of the night, and I sent it in the tea time group chat. <laughs> um, and I'm so happy this didn't come out last week, so we can talk about it as a group. So Jason Derulo, who we like on this podcast. We actually do. We yeah, do. We're Jason Derulo <laughs> apologists. <on T-Tag. laughs> uh, we've been talking about him for a while, but he had some concert recently and he broke out in like an operatic <laughs> version of his 2018 hit single, Goodbye. Yes. <laughs> and I, and it, it's, it kind of sounds, I mean, he sounds great. Apparently he's a classically trained vocalist. Had He is? Zero clue. Well, that's what someone on Twitter told me. So I don't know. If that's <laughs> it's <laughs> probably true. I didn't fact check that. Um, but he sounds like, um, what's his name? Andrea Bocelli. Bocelli, yeah. But yeah, yeah. He's, he sounds pretty similar, but we knew he was a good singer from Cats, didn't we? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was, yeah, sure. <laughs> that was what did it. Um, I actually love when people do this. Lady Gaga, like, came out with Julie Andrews that one time and, like, busted out some opera-adjacent music. I love when they're like, let me just prove that I can do this, and then I'll go yes, back to, like, totally. twer- twerking on stage or yes. being a cat, you know? Okay, wait, exactly. I have an update. <laughs> Further down in this article, he did say in 2018, after the MTV European Music Awards, after seeing Bocelli's Time to Say Goodbye, he said, quote, this is a side of me that's been burning within for a long time. I was trained classically, parentheses, operatically, and have sang classical music since I can remember. Should I do a classical project one day? Yes. The answer is yes. Sure. I Andrea Bocelli, Andre Bocelli did a song with Dua Lipa. I mean, the door is open. The door Dula is open. Dula Peep. Yeah. Dula Peep. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Dula Peep. If Dula, Dula, Dula Peep. If Dula Peep can do it, Jason Dula Dula can do it. I know. I just like that he broke out in the middle of his concert, like compared to all of his <laughs> other songs and just was like, here's a, a different vibe for 30 seconds. I, I was going to say like all the bros at the Jason Derulo concert. And then I was like, I don't, th- I don't know who, goes who is there. I don't know. <laughs> what is that yeah. demographic? Like, I don't know. <laughs> That's a great question. I hope they liked it. Apparently the yeah. audience did. There's a lot of good tweets about it. Sure. 
anyway, um, next one. Again, we were dumpster diving in just Jared. <laughs> I was just, oh my God. You guys know I have beef when I have to like really click through things just to find one stupid <laughs> quote. I had to click through a 20-page slideshow on justjared.com to find out um, that my beloved Maya from Selling Sunset is not returning for the new season, which I basically already knew because she started her new business. She oh. went to Miami, like the whole end of last season. I'm hmm. forgetting this is like not a Selling Sunset like stand group, but- That's okay. Um, anyway, it was paired with the news that um, Selling Sunset was renewed for season six and seven. So very happy about that. May it rain forevermore. Um, forever. Yeah. Is Maya getting her own spinoff or not I don't even know. That? I wish, but I don't think so. Because now they got mm. Selling the OC that's coming out in August. Right. So they have kind of like the franchise built in. But I hope right. so. And who knows about Christine, who also like TBD, she kind of left at the end of last season. Maybe not. Okay. Anyway, thanks to just Christine. Jared for that. Really made me work for it. But that's that I hate news. a slideshow. I hate slideshows so much. God, me too. Also, the ones that just Jared are Ba- like they're, they're bad. bad. You can't I have find to click yeah. in an extra click to even get into the slideshow. It's so, and th- you know, there's an ad after every every single fourth one. image is head and yeah. shoulders. I'm like, fucking <laughs> tell me. It's they get me every time. Okay, True. last one, Amelia. Uh, last one. I'm sorry, but this is so great. Lil Nas X released uh, "Late to the Party." Um, where he just disses BET and the the entire course is just fuck BET because he did not get nominated for a BET award, which is suspect. Wow. Given that he's, he's like one of the hottest artists right now and you didn't nominate him. Yeah. Come on. It's very, it's giving homophobia and we don't like that. And, uh, but anyway, it's just, I, I fucking love Lil Nas X. I just think he's so funny and (laughs) he channels all of his, I guess frustrations yeah. through, through every music. L, every L turns into a W. It's you know, he's so got a plan for everything. Truly. But it's just, it's so iconic that the the course is literally just him going, fuck BET. It's so good. It's, so it's like good. when Nike sued him or whatever and he turned the whole thing into like <laughs> yeah. a oh, promo. Yeah. It's yeah. incredible. He is a it gift. is incredible. Yeah, he is. he's awesome. So this episode is brought to you by eBay Authenticity Guarantee. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem. Sneakers and streetwear so fresh, every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts, real people who love this stuff, with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue checkmark that says Authenticity Guarantee, Shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. 
When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on Cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on Cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. All right, let's do cringe mode. This is the end of our young our, ingenue moves to um, the, big the big city. The big city yeah. with big dreams, right? Like we did right. a series of this. I missed a couple, but this is like kind of the tail end of But this you arc. know what? You made it back for the best one. <laughs> I'm shocked that Liz let us do this. Amelia busted into the tea time chat, was like, guys, to finish out, our theme, our Midwestern girl moves to the big city theme, let's do showgirls. And I was like, not a chance in hell is Kelly lets us do showgirls. It's NC-17 and like literally famous for just copious boobage. I'd never heard and, of this movie before. I had no wow. idea what. So that's, you know, I guess that's didn't how we know got what her. to expect. That's how we got her. And we shall discuss. We shall. Um, Kate, you want to do the plot? You know, I looked it up on Wikipedia because I was like, there's a lot that happened and I don't <laughs> yeah, know how to. And then and then I kind of forgot and I closed it out. So I'm just going to wing it. OK, That's great. Cool. So Elizabeth Berkeley moves to the Vegas uh, mm-hmm. inadvertently. Yeah. She becomes first a stripper because she gets her suitcase stolen and has to make ends meet. She is friends with like this costume designer. Mm-hmm. She ends up getting in as a showgirl on the show that she works on. Kind of comes like head to head with like Gina Gershon, who's like a scary bisexual woman who's with Kyle MacLachlan, who's also kind of scary. A lot of like just creepy vibes and this is like psychosexual <laughs> energy. Um, <laughs> they're, they do a lot of nude dancing uh, and she like injures Gina Gershon, who's like the star, takes a role. And then her best friend gets sexually assaulted, which is terrible. And then she takes her revenge on like Vegas and the guy and all these other people. And then she like leaves and goes back and is like, I made my mark on the town as a avenging showgirl, I guess. Well done. That, that was good. That was that really was good. good. That's yeah. all I got. Yeah. All right, let's do highlights. Amelia? Yes. Um, not even 10 minutes into this film and the dramatic acting going on from Elizabeth Berkeley just solidifies this movie as a cult classic. I mean, she is using her hands. She is yes. flipping her hair around. Oh, the hair. It's... She- is ready. It's I just she threw herself in face first to this role. And honestly, we have to stand. We're going to talk about this in highlights and in lowlights. Yes, but the sure. highlight of it is that, like, I was actually in awe at times of her choices. <laughs> and it's a lot the of energy. That she, yes. The energy. Yeah. The energy and like just the way that she like chose to say things and do things and like just I, were, I guess I'll t- again talk more about this in lowlights. But I. I my my other highlight is that I appreciate that she has kind of like an angry energy and mm-hmm. is like much Extremely less naive. angry at the world. Like yes. a lot of these movies that we've watched, almost all of them, they're like very like oh like on the bus with my note from my grandma and like yeah. I'm gonna hide my money in my freezer and oh no it got stolen and she did get mm-hmm. Kaya noted on the last one. Everyone gets robbed. She also gets her suitcase <laughs> stolen. So she yes, does. all Midwestern girls moving to a big city get something stolen. I guess it's just a cautionary tale. 
but she pulls a knife on this guy in like the first 30 seconds of this movie and is like, yeah. don't you dare. She's like hitchhiking. She's like, don't try anything. And I was like, none of these other blondes that we've watched would have done this. So <laughs> true. Uh, props for that, for sure. Yes. Another highlight. She just looks incredible. She's got the fit. She's got the curls. You know, we love the natural curly hair. They mm-hmm. straighten it for like one performance. And I was like, this looks terrible. Like free her. <laughs> And then she, you know, the spirally curls are so great. She's got this makeup, like very aggressive, like lip liner and like the eyeliner. Mm -hmm. And it just has to be said, she looks amazing. Amelia, you put it incredibly well in this outline. You did. She looks like an IRL yassified person. Like (laughs) that's what she looks like. And she really does. It's amazing. She really does. She's gorgeous. Everything with the hair, the body, the face is on point. And in like a very, and really this applies to like Gina Gershon and a lot of like the nineties, like they had this mm-hmm. kind of like aggressive makeup and like, yes, like almost like, like very striking and um, yes. not like it's masculine, like, but like it really was, but it was like not whoa. a glazed donut in sight. It's like the right. opposite of like all and the not makeup like, we're supposed to like wear. Pretty and like, like drag almost. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and there's like use of lip liner, a lot right. of lip liner and yeah. Just and like heavy, heavy makeup, heavy dark contour. eyebrows, dark eyes. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. And it, it fits this movie great. But in general, Amazing. I was like, let's bring that back. Like, I don't want to do it. But like, I want, I just, you yeah. know, just, it's just more fun than like the, you know, I don't know, whatever the hell we're doing. The I agree. smoky, Piling on makeup eyes. for also <laughs> yeah. to look like you're not wearing any. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, my two highlights. Number one, I really like the name Nomi, which was her it's name true. in the movie. It's cute. Number two. So this is obviously they, there's a lot of dancing. There's a lot of musical acts. And this is a highlight because I was so in awe, just like Kate's <laughs> acting. Like, so there's, so it focuses a lot on this one club, this dance club. What do you call You know, like performance. Like a, it's like a, a review show. or something. Yes, yeah. Whatever. But they do, you know how like a movie musical is a prime time to like get all the hits in, get all these yes. like different numbers in. Yes. This movie instead chose to just do the same act like four different times. <laughs> and I was in disbelief. They even inserted it in the last 25 minutes. The same routine. I feel like I could do it now. I've watched it so many times. And it's the same shot, the same um, angle, the same characters, like the same music. I, yep. I was like, this is such a bold choice. I respect right. it. I it's really so true because yeah. like the first time we see it, she's like having her like homoerotic. I want to do that moment. You know, it's yeah, like right. um, Constance Wu watching JLo and Hustlers. Like <laughs> yeah. there's always the moment where it's like, I want that to be me. So yes. like whatever. We see it from her point of view. Second time, like she's in it. Third time, she's in it again. She's in it as but well. Better. Yeah. Like yeah. fourth time, like she's still in it. And she's it's like, still I, in it. why are we still doing this? <laughs> so I was true. in disbelief. It's the same shots. <laughs> it's amazing. Like, especially the last little chunk of this movie, just one last time made like, you watch it. We've I was like, seen I it. Like, we've seen it. it. <laughs> not even a good dance routine. Also, <sighs> not to bring up Matthew Morrison for the second time on this podcast, <laughs> but was. <laughs> Was it, she like kind of giving the same energy that he gave as the Grinch? Remember when he did the sexual Grinch? Yeah. She was like giving it the way he was giving it, but she honestly, in better, better. She did it. He way wanted better. to be her level, but he couldn't. Yeah, I wonder it. if he like she was an inspiration for him. Honestly, maybe, maybe, maybe. maybe. Yeah. Let's do low lights. It just transitions right into low lights because it's really just it's, it's a, a seamless transition. Yeah, yes. her energy. Like we said, it's just baffling. The way, it's not just the line readings because I, in the beginning of the movie, it is. You know, she's like, like with the ketchup, she's like angrily tossing ketchup everywhere. She like fights this girl. I'm like, what are we doing? But the dancing, it's like, the whole movie is that she's this amazing dancer. And it's like, 
first of all, like, she's not. She has this, like, wild, she always is flipping her hair and, like, yeah. really aggressive, like, movements and hip thrusts. Aggressive, and, yes. And there's so much writhing. There's also a sex scene in a pool where she's, like, writhing and, like, her head and her arms are whipping around. And I'm like, what? It's so wild. What is happening? Okay, you know what? And we'll talk about this lower in this low light section because, Amelia, I know we want to discuss it. I blame this on two people. I blame this on the screenwriter, Joe Esterhaus, and I blame this on the director, Paul Verhoeven, because he has come out and been like, I told her to do that. I Everything oh. in, La, in Las Vegas is very exaggerated, very over the top. And he basically translated that to this movie and it was wild to see. It was bad directing, to be 100% honest. It's deranged. Yes. There's a way to do it that's like dramatic and over the top and, and campy, and it. which it is campy uh, uh, intentionally. But this was like, I no one has ever purposely made this movement in all of human existence. Like this is the first time anyone has purposely moved their body she like this. looked like Julianne Huff when she got exercise. Yes, that is exactly <laughs> such what she looked deep- like. Tea time cut. I love that. Um, Yes, more on her character. She is like just scorched earthing her way through Las Vegas in a way I couldn't believe. She was so mad at everybody before anyone even wronged her. And this works sometimes, but we got no context for like who she is, where she came from. We find out at the tail end of the movie, she actually has this like past with the law and like kind of like gets herself into trouble. But all we see is her just being so mad at everyone. She's slamming doors and screaming at people. I was just yeah. like, what is happening? Dude, she's the shortest fuse. I'm like, she, uh, yes. Yeah. And, and like, it's kind of not to like victim blame, but it's like putting herself into situations where it's like, you know what's going to happen here. And then like, <laughs> it's like, I don't, I can't believe this happened. And I'm like, I don't. I don't understand. (laughs) And also that's like incongruous to the character because she's supposed to be like hardened and like kind of like, I know this. So it's kind of like, okay, what? But also, have you ever seen Wet Hot American Summer? Yes. Where they have that scene where Paul Rudd, they're like, please put your tray back. And he goes, and he like, just like really... Like, <laughs> trying to put the tray back, but he like does it in the most dramatic way, and he's just like, Ugh, uh. it's like Amelia, those, those that is remind so me. funny you said that because the Refinery Twenty Nine article about this movie I'm going to reference uh-huh. later brings up that Paul Rudd moment oh, and says like, I, yes. I swear to God, so I've not read that article. Point. It was on point. <laughs> so You're funny. so right. That's really funny. That's so funny. Wow. Also, oh. wow. everyone in this movie, including her, despicable. Absolutely despicable. Not one person that, well, actually, no. I root for the roommate and then she has the, the worst fate of all. The friend. Yeah. And root, yeah, they're roommates, right? Yeah. I think. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, Everyone is despicable. Las Vegas is despicable. I hate that place. I hate this place more. I'm just like, love you grimy people. (laughs) I just was like, the vibes (laughs) of this movie were so bad. Every character, awful. Mm -hmm. Um, Just despicable. (laughs) <laughs> um, anyway, what else? What are the lowlights? Oh, we have so many lowlights. But they're also kind of highlights, but mostly lowlights. Uh, uh, this is the most male gazy like, homoeroticism I've ever seen. Uh, and, like, <laughs> listen, like, I'll take it. You know, I'm not going to be like, damn, I hated it when they made out in the bed at the end. Like, it's fine. <laughs> like, if Elizabeth Berkeley's going to kiss Gina Gershon, like, I will take it. However, <laughs> the execution left something to be desired, in my opinion. It was just like, I'm like, I know who this is for and it's not me. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So that was totally. tough. But again, like, I'll take it. 
Not to be dramatic, my major low light for this movie. I've never felt worse about my body in the two hours, 11 minutes that I watched this film. I was like, do I need to get the number of this 82 year old cat woman and like get the hookup? Because we got to change some things. Uh, However, I will say in the interest of gender equality, I watched this movie and then I went to see Top Gun Maverick. And I was Mm. like, you know what? We can all feel bad about our bodies, actually. Men can watch Top Gun, it's football scene, and feel like you know Mm -hmm. insufficient. And we can watch Showgirls, and everyone can feel bad, uh, and we will all live sadly ever after. So, did you like Top Gun? Yeah, it was great. (laughs) Had a great time. (laughs) So happy. Okay. Thanks. Um, Next one, Amelia. Um, Okay. Oh my god. Obviously, I I don't know what I was thinking because this movie is way too fucking long. Oh my (laughs) god. I'm sorry, but this movie is what. What did you say? It's over it's two like hours. Two hours and eleven minutes. That Jesus. is so. I, I know exactly because I, like, I saw it and what? I was like, "Oh no!" <laughs> I'm yeah. so sorry. That's on me. Um, I good. also feel like this is a very much a telltale sign that people working on this film thought it was going to be awards contender. That they made it two hours long so there could be like as much plot as possible. Okay, I'm really happy you bring this up because this is a big part of the reading that I did about this movie. So like I said, I mentioned it came from the director and screenwriter of Basic Instinct, which is also very sexual, very like avant-garde, whatever. But everyone thought that was going to be a big failure and it wasn't. It was this huge success. So this guy has admitted, his name is Joe Mm. Esterhaus. In 1997, he was like, clearly we made mistakes. It was one of the biggest failures of our time. Part of it was Paul and I were coming off of basic, which defied the critics and was a huge success. So there's a certain hubris involved. We can do whatever we want. We can go as far as we want. And they made all of these mistakes. And I'm like, yes, exactly. You thought you could do whatever and you can't. Because the confidence this is of men. Yeah. Too you. far in every way. Oh my God. The director God. was like, too I purposely far. tried to put bad musical numbers in there. And then in hindsight, that was a mistake. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, you made to watch it four think? times. Yeah. We had to watch it so many times. So I'm happy oh you said that God. because that was exactly their feeling. They were like, we can do whatever we want. And they couldn't. They flew too close to the sun. They did. I mean, they you know, they it'll did. get you yeah. every time. Yeah. Um, that's a great point. Another telltale sign, I would say, is that I just, I don't think the story is horrible. I think it's actually a pretty good story, but there's just too much bad sex and bad lines for it to actually be good. Like there is this part where (sighs) the people working at her old strip club come visit her at her new Vegas review and they're all happy for her, but they're emotional. And the guy, I guess the strip club owner is like, you know, comes around and is like, yeah, I'm happy for you. And then (laughs) right as it's supposed to be emotional moment, he leaves and he turns around and he's like, must be weird not have anybody come on you. And you're like, what the what? fuck, dude? <laughs> it's so true. There are so many moments where it's like, you're kind of, you're not getting into it, but you're like watching it. You're engaged to a degree. Right. And then some, just one thing happens and you're like, what? Yes. <laughs> Why? Yes. Why? Like yeah. Elizabeth Berkeley does something insane or like makes some weird movement or a also, line like that. Like and it just followed- totally takes you out. Elizabeth Berkeley for like her entire career, the directing oh, yeah. of this yeah. movie and the That's entire, just like she couldn't shake it because of all of this chaos in this movie. And I feel bad. I mean, she was, I don't know. I feel, I just feel like, this is not, too. this is not one person's problem. It's like a lot of, a lot of people involved in this. There's, yeah. There were a lot of cooks in the kitchen here making it bad. Um, and also there was no payoff with her choreographer friend, that guy who bought her a burger and they were like, sexy with each other and then nothing <laughs> happens between them no. and I'm like I literally watched at least 
30 minutes of this guy and her going back and forth. He was going to write a little number for her and, and choreographic. And then he's just like, oh, I got your friend pregnant. And that's it. Yeah. That's it. That that's the worst part. And I was going to say this later, but and I will say that also later, but him and like, it's not the fact that it's two hours and 11 minutes long. It's the fact that like there are very clear things that should have been cut out and it could have been a much more coherent and shorter movie. You know, there's this, there's the thing with the friend at the end. It's like, we don't, we didn't need that. And it made it actively worse. So it just did not need to be in there or be that long. All right. What is age the best and the worst in your guys's opinion? Uh, I don't know if you guys have seen the meme. If you're on the internet, you've probably seen the meme uh, <laughs> where it's a picture of a male and female couple and with the line, we saw you from across the bar and we really dig your vibe. Like, just like a joke about like the threesome, basically like a couple mm-hmm. propositioning of her threesome. So the first thing I thought when I saw Gina Gershon and Kamala Walken, they're watching her in the strip club. She's performing, she's on the pole and then they're like, are propositioning her. And I was like, they literally, before it existed, they absolutely embodied the we saw you from across the strip club and we really dig your vibe. I mean, it's true. Like, it's, I feel like you're being especially bold this podcast. I really appreciate it. I don't know. It's showgirls, man. It's showgirls. I love it. Yeah. Um, age the worst. Just a super unnecessary and really violent sexual assault scene with the friend. The only good character in this movie. Uh, truly. Uh, mm-hmm. It is like very much used as just like a plot device to like make Elizabeth Berkeley's character be like, oh, I actually have done bad things and I need mm-hmm. to... Out and of I hate town. it here. Yeah. Yeah. Which is just really unnecessary, really bad. Didn't age well. Hard to watch. Just all of the above. They just regret don't need that it. too, obviously. Yeah. Well, yeah. good. Yeah. They should regret that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. On that note, I guess age the worst, my memory. I thought this was a fun, campy movie. Um, and <laughs> a lot of I was, it is. I think that's true. A lot it of is. it is. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Um, but also, I just like ugh, two hours of this is a lot. Like Liz said, there's only one dance number. Like you couldn't give us two. <laughs> oh, Lord. I know. <laughs> like, yikes. <laughs> also, worst, I would say Kyle McLaughlin's <laughs> horrific haircut. It's he looks awful. like Katie Lang. You know, <laughs> he's given yeah. us the Katie Lang, which looked a lot better on her, but still looked pretty bad on her. Um, and <laughs> sorry, Katie Lang, but it's just, it's just like, it doesn't look, it's like a weird bowl cut. It's like a bowl cut, but a gradual with like a cut. side part. Yeah. yeah. Where it's, it's like just uneven. It's just yeah. <laughs> really bad. Okay. I have one that is aged the worst. The coach from Even Stevens is in this what? movie at the Cheetah. And he's the his title literally, he's credited as the loudmouth at the Cheetah. He doesn't even have a name of his character. And he's like harassing Elizabeth Berkeley in the club. This is oh my God. I don't know if you guys, Coach Tugnut. That means anything to me. <laughs> I'll never be able to look at him the same. Wow. Tugnut canceled. (laughs) His career is taking him. That Coach Tugnut was in this movie, but. (laughs) See, see, everyone's career has taken a dive being in this movie. Wow. Oh, Lord. Okay. And then lastly, my thing that has aged pretty well that I found, it gave the movie some depth, like a little bit more like color to me. In 2020, Gene Bentley for Refinery29 wrote an article about the 25-year anniversary, like looking back at showgirls. 
Um, and the title of the article is Showgirls' Controversies Hit Its One True Virtue, Pure Uncut Camp. And I think that's right. Amelia, you said it, you thought it was a campy movie. And she makes arguments that it is and obviously acknowledges all the other shit parts that we have <laughs> yeah. been talking about. But she writes, the main criteria of a good camp classic is complete and utter commitment, no matter how misguided the action. And Showgirls has that in spades. So if you need to, if you chose to watch this movie with us. I'm not sure if you did, but anyway, this article accompanying it like kind of helped me, you know, just like yeah. add more depth to this I want to read unhinged this story. I'll link it to you. Anyway, you. all right, let's do MVP. Kate? Uh, I got to give it to Gina Gershon. Mm. I wrote, I wrote mm-hmm. Gina Gershon, step on me, sorry. <laughs> Again, bold this Which podcast. honestly it. sums it up. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, I guess like, you know, like I said, male gazy homoeroticism aside, she just was great. And she's great. She's an icon. She's scary. She's giving Scorpio energy. I feel like that's <laughs> what she does all yeah. the time. Like vaguely um, threatening, chaotic energy. Yeah. Right. Beautiful, but could murder you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And would. And, yeah, and would murder you. Trust yeah. me. Um, so she's, I give her more roles. She's awesome. Um, I agree with that. I also think, you know, Elizabeth Berkeley, she tries in this. And honestly, she doesn't do a horrible job. No. She is working what, with what she is given and she's amping it up. And you know what? I can't take my eyes off of her. So Agreed. points for commitment. You know, she wants yeah. more. Exactly. Yeah. What more can you ask? All right. Let's do the lightning round. Uh, whoever wrote these can take them as they wrote them. <laughs> uh, I wrote at least I wrote the first two. Uh, what's the oh, best great. outfit in this movie? Again, a lot of this stuff has come back around. Obviously, yes, like true. now is like more 2000s, but there is some stuff uh, that you see, you know, the TikTok girlies in. Uh, my pick was the all the cowboy related clothes. Mm-hmm. She has this fringed leather jacket that she's in at the beginning mm-hmm. and then wears again uh, later on. And then she has this cowgirl fit at the end uh, that I'll let Amelia talk about more later. <laughs> um, <laughs> but... It's just, I mean, listen, she's not wearing a lot of clothes in a lot of this movie. So there actually weren't as many options as I was expecting. <laughs> right, that's true. Um, right. But whenever she like had the opportunity to like have a full outfit on, it was great. A lot of great looks in that respect. Mm-hmm. That's true. Um, I would also say her Versace dress, which mm. is just iconic because of the line. She goes, it's Versace, <laughs> which honestly, who hasn't been Elizabeth Berkeley in Showgirls? So true. Yep. Trying to pronounce yep. We've all been there. Designer, you know? So true. I know, like Kate said, she's not wearing clothes for a lot of it, but her most (laughs) most clothed moment is actually like some of her dance rehearsal scenes. She switches out later to like kind of dancing in a thong, but she is at one point in blue pants and a purple kind of little top string (laughs) top Mm -hmm. thing that I feel like Aloe has done recently. So I picked that. Also, speaking of the dance scenes, I wanted to say this and then I didn't remember to put it in. Uh, realistically sweaty. She does a lot of like dance rehearsals oh, where nice. I'm like, she's actually, as a sweaty person, we talk about sweaty representation on this podcast. <laughs> she is realistically sweaty. Now, do I think that they just oiled her up so that she'd be shiny? Yes. Yes, I do. However, <laughs> uh, it looked like sweat and I appreciated that mm-hmm. uh, from a realism yeah. standpoint. Okay. This <laughs> uh, next question I would like to just toss straight to Liz Kelly, who did not put an answer in the outline. Uh, Liz, what was the most egregious boob in this movie? There are so many egregious boobs, way more than we needed. I can't believe you wrote this. Any boob. (laughs) How can one possibly choose? The whole movie is topless. Everyone on that. You you complain about the four performances of the the topless number. So would you say like performance three or four 
of oh, that number. Oh, sure. The I collective boobage. The most egregious was like, it was kind of like a sheer like numbers game. Like by the 1,000th yeah. time, <laughs> I was just like, I don't need it. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. I just, it's too much. Right. A and lot that of relates, egregious. That mentioned. relates to my pick for most egregious uh. boob, which is when your movie is about topless showgirls and or strippers mm-hmm. and or mm-hmm. sex scenes, you don't need as many offstage boobs. Like it's about onstage mm-hmm. boobs. So we don't need to see yeah. them when they're That's not on point. stage, you know? And like, yeah. I understand that like they're in the dressing room and they're probably not clothed, but like I, and there was a lot of like caressing themselves. Did you notice that? Yeah. I was like, we could How do could less. Not? That's not something that, people that really happens do. yeah that's like so, clearly a male fantasy yeah, yeah. i'm like exactly. we don't do that so you can stop actually uh exactly. doing that that was egregious to me <sighs> that was egregious um those are all great egregious boob moments i think mine <laughs> actually occurs at the end of the film when she mm-hmm. is she's back on the road she's hitchhiking and she's wearing what actually is a fun outfit like you said before and it's very much crocodile dundee like i'm pretty yeah. sure i've seen the crocodile dundee guy wear this outfit cuz she's got the hat and she's got like the shirt and this shirt is like open so far down like to her navel and she's not wearing a bra and I it's just, just it's just like we didn't need to see this boob okay I was so done with the movie I was like you gotta be kidding me she's about to get in like a six hour car ride from Vegas to LA and you mean to tell me she's just gonna just not wear it all support? hang out I know <laughs> absurd and it, again it's like you the whole movie we've watched her fully naked for a lot of it mm-hmm. we don't need this like we we've seen them right you know we've seen them <laughs> It's true. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Oh, God. Oh, right, wait. We have to uh, give our final mm. small town girl crown. Um, right. Okay. So we have to pick, I guess, choose your fighter, if you will. Mm. To refresh your memory, we have Britney Spears in Crossroads, Julianne Huff in Rock of Ages, uh, Piper Perabo in Coyote Ugly, Christina Aguilera in Burlesque, and now Elizabeth Berkeley in Showgirls. Who is your favorite small town blonde making it in the big city? I like Thoughts? your answer the best. I think I think we have to give it to Britney for like mix mm-hmm. of like star power, right. innocence, like good performing scenes, but also like yes. decent acting. Mm-hmm. However, Elizabeth Berkeley really brought like a whole new deranged energy to the role. <laughs> like this ranking was more difficult before because oh, they were God. all so similar. Whereas mm-hmm. like she really showed us something different on several levels. It's and, true. Uh, I got like honorable mention, honestly. Also, if you're actually going to pick your fighter, she is a fighter. And she also beats the absolute (laughs) shit out of some like 250 pound man at the very end of the movie. I don't know how, but. In the Midwestern girl hunger games, like she's walking out for sure. She's She's killing everyone. She had a chance. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So true. (sighs) Amelia, this is your question. uh, This question is yours. And it's great. Oh, thank you. Who would you cast in an updated version of this movie? I said Julia Fox because good one. Hundred percent. This it's I don't know. It gets better the more I think about it, actually. First of all, (laughs) uh, she was in Uncut Gems and men just like went insane over her body. So like in good point, you know, when you're like in general and again, she's like out on the town, happy to show it off. So like I think she would be fine with it. She's also done a lot of performance art, like nude performance art. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. She's ready. Third, she's like self-aware and like Yes. would commit too hard for like the camp of it all. That is yes. such you know? a good point. Yes. She wouldn't be afraid to like, you know, she does like the crazy makeup and like yes. the unphotoshopped pictures. And like, she would really commit in the deranged way that Elizabeth Berkeley did commit. 
And there are stars that would be too vain to do it. And I think she would be game. Amelia, this is a perfect answer. Perhaps your most perfect 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 on tea time. I was like trying to think of something else. And then, and I was like, I would just rewatch Hustlers instead of watching a remake of this. Uh, (laughs) But Julia Fox is literally the perfect answer to this question. Yeah, you nailed it. Well, you know, I do what I can. (sighs) Okay, let's do tea time's unanswerable questions. Amelia. Okay, so... Over the weekend, it was Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to all you dads out there. And Jennifer Lopez, you know, she wrote on Instagram and then also in her newsletter on the JLo, she gave a little tribute to her (laughs) own father, David Lopez, and to her fiance, the one and only Ben Affleck. And people started dissecting this video that she posted of Ben set to Dear Ben, her song from like 15, 20 years ago that she wrote about him. And, you know, they're driving in a car. He's looking around. There's old photos of them, new photos of them. And there's also an image. Well, it's actually it's a video um, of him in his home office. And in his home office, there appears to be like one of those soft drink machines. It's like a mini mm-hmm. one, but it's there. And it's it's really funny because, you know, usually those machines are labeled with like a brand of cola, like Coca-Cola. But this one is really iconic because it says, chill out, drink up. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like a really generic kind of off-brand. Mm-hmm. Something he, he might've like bought on eBay. I don't know what he does with his money. But anyway, and the Twitter user, who I actually, strangely enough, went to college with. She's a really nice person. Um, mm. Her name is Katherine Kruger, and she posted a great question. Uh, J-Lo posted a Father's Day vid of Ben Affleck, and he appears to, ha- to have a Diet Pepsi fountain in his office. And that's what it looks like. It looks like when I zoom in, we see maybe two little fountain drink mm-hmm. uh, dispensers. And one is Diet Pepsi, from what I can tell. And the other is Diet Coke. So I guess my unanswerable question is, why does Ben Affleck have a Diet Pepsi slash Diet Coke machine in his home office? Why can't he just, you know, buy a big box of Coke? I don't, it's, I, okay. But do you agree, Amelia, that, you know how it's like online, like the McDonald's Sprite is so good. There's something about coming from the fountain that maybe that is so like, true. He has the money. You might as well get it might. from the best kind of source. That's a great point. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Totally. I, I have a lot of questions about this man's like capacity for consuming liquid. Like he's got the Dunkin' <laughs> drinks, the huge Dunkin' drinks. Yes. He's got... Whatever so Amelia I likes mean, him so much. You don't need, Man you don't need a fountain, <laughs> exactly. like a, a soda fountain in your office unless you're like doing like the big yeah. gulps, right? That like, is true. He's not like, just have a can of Coke if you want a can of Coke. The so, quantity. Like, mm-hmm. How much mm-hmm. caffeine and like, sh- and all, like, <laughs> how, is he okay? Like, <laughs> is he, he looks that, great. So he does. He's doing something right. I guess the fact that it's diet is, I don't know. I, I guess, but that's. It's not he, good for you. Right. And also it's like, <laughs> that's a lot of bubbles, you know? Yeah. Gassing, yeah. Gas, gas, burping. Of, yeah, drinking some water. Yeah. Also, you know what I want to focus on that we don't have time to do mm-hmm. is the phone intercom system <laughs> in his house. This is the yeah. most, and I worked for Effie, like ABC Studios did not have as intense phones as this man with like a hundred <laughs> lines on it. This guy, this phone line is set up to do some wild things <laughs> around his estate. That's a great point. His that chair is, is also very low to the ground. He seems to be sitting quite low. 
It is. That's right? a great point. No, you're 100 percent correct. <laughs> Just a and lot of weird he, stuff. He I could look at this image forever. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you know. There's. It's like one of those images where you keep finding more and yeah. more. Yeah. And there's also that a light that's used for like professional yes. photography. Yes. <laughs> Maybe Maybe this is where he does his. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. This wow. is a mystery. It really and, is. And also, there's like this giant trunk that also uh, moonlight is moonlighting as like a desk. That's really cool. weird. Do you see that? It's just yeah. like, what is inside? Why, why? Where did you get this? This looks like something you could not buy uh, at West Elm or Pottery Barn. This is like, yeah. you have to, I don't know, go to Turkey to find something yeah. like that. A lot yeah. of questions. No answers. Lots. Lots. Agreed. Yeah. Wow. I have one other question before I wrap up this episode. I think going out clothes are back according to in style. And I mean like the very general term of like going out clothes. And it turns out actually to shit on in style for a second. It just turns out to be a bunch of links from probably like partners and it's some paid Mm. opportunity. But this really got me thinking because this was like a very big aspect of like the way I shopped and thought many years ago of like, I need a going out top. I need going out skirts. And I have since gotten rid of all of those things because they are trash. But I'm worried. And I don't, and we're also not too old. Like I'm not going to be buying any going out clothes. But I was like, this idea of this in our closet made me feel like we're so old and I was worried. What do you guys think? I think to a degree, they never went away and we just got old, you know? Like oh, part of me is like, people point. never That's stopped wearing, going to clubs yeah. and like they always point. wore this. However, mm. I do think that they are back to a degree. I think like the fast fashion, like the Shein of it yes, all yes. has the made Amazon it like really, yeah. yeah, has made it just like really easy for people to get like really cheap. That's bandage dresses like this yes. which is what we can't point. bring back the tops sure like sure. the body like wear a t- bodysuit tank with like some pants this like corset thing obviously like not my thing but like right. sure we can right. bring that back that's fine it's the bandage skirts and the bandage dresses that we we have to leave in the past Agreed. But you know yeah. what's really comfortable are those like wet seal jersey skirts. You know what I'm talking about? They're like black. They're stretchy. They have oh. no waistband. They just kind of like stick those until you wash big. them enough that you just- Those were big in, in high school. Let but go. I, I'm like, right, I, well, I was in college at that time, Kate. So. <laughs> okay. We're like one year apart. <laughs> Relax. Uh, but yeah, yeah we, those that, big. See, I'm out on that though. We can't bring those back. Like the Charlotte Russe, like- yeah, where oh it's God. like one piece of material. <laughs> I used to like rip out the plastic belts from them to try to wear them out to college because yes, they worked, but wait. there was like always one bad part about it. <laughs> yes, I've seen, my friend used to buy, buy those sh- like tank tops that have like <laughs> like looks like a necklace, but it's actually just adhered oh, yeah. to the top. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, <no. laughs> two birds with one stone, baby. Oh, yeah. hot. Yeah. Wow, God. Wow. I don't want them to be back, but Kate, you're probably right. Is that I just aged and <laughs> like think, thought yeah. they disappeared. Oh, has said. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's it. That's it for this episode. <laughs> we did have some fun in the last hour. We this did. Was, yeah. We did. Yeah. So this is good. Okay. <laughs> and we hope um, you guys did too. Yeah. Yes. yes. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you to Kaya, our producer. I'm Liz Kelly. I'm Kate Howell. And I'm Amelia Wedemeyer. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, 
file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.